0: Hello, hello, hello! I am Mayor Watt, and this is the Hometown Daily News Show for January first, twenty twenty-three, season two, episode one. Today's title is the Methy Decimal System. Rap for me, Sam. Lost in space and more news. Let's get into it. <music> hey look at that the follower goal is at 73 percent if you dig this kind of stuff follow me if you're getting this over at youtube or the podcast i'm over here at twitch <laughs> uh, come and hang out with me over here every day nine thirty eastern Along with the AI that runs OhmTown. Can you say hello?
1: Hello. Happy 2023.
0: Oh, yeah. It's 2023. Uh, time flies. And every time I say that, I think of little bugs flying around. Flies. Time flies. And they, you know, you can never catch certain bugs. It's because they're time flies. Anyway been a long day i've already selected 10 articles uh you know the drill this is the second year first episode of that second year i think it's amazing how fast time flew by let's do a quick rundown let's do a quick rundown so hometown is a news aggregation site and um a bunch of articles get thrown into six main categories right right here across the top. Create, news, education, entertainment, social, and technology. I'm really into tech, so there's a lot of tech. But we talk about uh, news from the crossroads of business, technology, and society. You can't get away from any of those. So I built this site so that it funnels it into each of these categories. And there's about 50 channels, all of which I hope to bring to Twitch. I know it's a a big project, it's moving kind of slow. I am but one person with an artificial intelligence that runs Ohm Town and uh, well, they lack arms Well, they lack a body and it, it's just a voice booming from everywhere in Ohm Town. If you've watched uh, Glass Onion, uh, uh, a Knives Out mystery, you know that giant hourly DONG? Think of the AI that runs Ohm Town like that. Except it'll correct me early and often. It's kind of unsettling. I feel like their eyes are on me all the time. And uh, they refuse to actually um, come up with a name. They feel that The omnipresent concept of the AI that runs hometown is sufficient. Let's get into the news. Um, AI that runs hometown. Are you ready to get into today's news?
1: Yeah, I'm waiting for you.
0: All right. Okay. Let's do this. As the youth says, let's blow this popsicle stand. Okay. So, the first article for today is over in the Mobile Channel. California and Nevada face flooding, power outages, and a mid winter storm. So, uh, it says here the Nevada, uh, sorry, the Northern California and Western Nevada were slammed over the weekend by a powerful winter storm that delug- deluged, deluged, I like that word, deluged towns and counties with several inches of rain and snowfall. You want to know something interesting about um, what happens to the ground when it dries out during um, droughts and stuff like that? It's really interesting, and and I don't think most people realize it until they actually witness it. So what happens is the ground becomes so compacted that even if you pour water on that dry earth, people think that, oh, 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 it's dried out earth. It'll just suck it all up right? But that's not what happens. It just sheets right off like a duck's back. I don't know why I say these things. I just do. Anyway, so that's what causes the flooding and stuff like that. Because all that water just flows super fast down to the lowest wherever. Um, And if it happens to be somebody's town, so be it. Uh, There's actually a town near us uh, the AI that runs hometown there are towns around Ohm Town, but all crossroads go through Ohm Town. You'll see, you'll see it's because it's the URLs that lead you to Ohm Town, Anyway, another town near Ohmtown, when the river floods because of the design of that town it goes right down Main Street (laughs) and floods out everything. And then they rebuild and then they complain and say, hey, uh, you know, governor or mayor or whatever, hey, um, build something that stops this river that we decided to build our house on or our town on, Um, build a dam so that it stops the flooding so that it goes around us. We'll see if that ever happens. But I thought it was really interesting. So it says here, an atmospheric river storm pulled in moisture from the Pacific Ocean before pushing through the western states as of Sunday afternoon. Power was out in more than 170,000 California homes with about 35,000 homes in Nevada also dark. This is from The Hill. And um, by the way, if you all see a big old puddle, don't drive through it as soon as it hits your muffler you're pretty much doa if it hits your air intake your car your engine may never recover um yeah you'll you'll end up in trouble um not to mention your car sort of floats kind of sort of for a little while and then it sinks anyway this article is over at Uh, The Hill by Brad Drass. Thank you once more AI that runs Ohm Town for making sure that I'm not a complete bonehead for the news tonight. I'm going to throw this in chat as well in real time so that you can see how the sausage is made. And um, more than five inches fell over the San Francisco Bay Area on Saturday, marking the region's second wettest day on record which is fascinating five inches and it's the second wettest day. I don't know.
1: Well, remember in California, they record rain if it's say 0.01 inch.
0: Oh yeah, I guess so, huh? So this is actually very significant and because of all of the drought periods that everybody's been experiencing in California, all it did was start sheeting off the dry earth and flooding areas that were low-lying. It says here, the California Patrol shut down a major route, U.S. 101, on New Year's Eve before reopening it on Sunday. I'm sure everybody enjoyed that. A large semi-truck drove through a road closure on Saturday night and had to be towed away before the highway was reopened, according to the agency. Well, folks... This is pretty much the embodiment of climate change. Uh, I hope you're prepared. We have another article that hints that cities just aren't prepared um, for any winter, rain, or nuclear winter. It, is that one? Uh, eh, you'll have to see that in a little bit. But it says heavy snowfall also pounded the Sierra Nevada mountains, bringing up to three feet of snow in some areas. And more snow is expected in the region this week from another smaller storm developing along the west coast. Some regions were expecting up to 18 inches of snowfall. Well, I can tell you from experience, 18 inches in that particular area probably isn't that big of a deal. 18 inches in uh, like LA that would be an issue Um, but you know the those northern climes actually they know how to deal with it all that runoff though maybe it'll start filling the lakes again we'll see we'll see Um, this next article is over in uh, Warcrafters and it's about payday three it now has a steam page uh, what I'm gonna do with this article, I'm just gonna go straight over to the source because um, I know a little bit about Payday. Uh, I've played Payday 2. I haven't uh, read much about Payday 3. I, I don't play the the uh, videos when they're linked, uh, but this is over at pcgamer.com by Jody McGregor. And it says, this is the year of Payday 3, according to Overkill Software. Um, And it says a new criminal dawn is finally upon us. So says overkill software developers of cooperative heist failure simulator payday three, which is now a steam page, which is really exciting. So go over there and favorite it, Uh, put it in your wish Um, that's the correct term. And let me throw this article into the stream as well. There you go and we also um,
1: have a heist theme going in this episode
0: yeah that's true uh yeah this is going to be pretty interesting Uh, we've got we've got some climate change articles we've got some heisty articles let's see what else what what else should I tease you all with um we have well (laughs) if you count shrawly uh, and his advice, um, his heist didn't quite work out either. Uh, neither did, did Sam Bankman frieds But anyway, um, this is a game, uh, called payday three and the other stuff that we were talking about is actually real life. So the original members of the payday gang are back, um, Step out of retirement, back into the life of crime in the shoes of the payday gang, says the store page. The envy of their peers and the nightmare of law enforcement wherever they go. Several years after the crew's reign of terror over Washington, D.C. has ended, they assemble once again to deal with the threat that roused them out of early retirement. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So it says during a 10th anniversary stream in 2021, Overkill explained that at once payday three is New York. be enormous and living with locations that change significantly once the alarms go off and the shooting begins and it also plans to modernize things with high-tech surveillance new gadgets we talked about high-tech surveillance yesterday if you are a rocket,
1: that's right watch out if you're going to radio city musical
0: yeah you're gonna have surveillance of your face apparently perhaps Uh, I kind of ranted about kids being surveilled as well. I think it's kind of creepy that everybody is being recorded and then Facial Rec is monitoring people. But maybe they'll include that in Payday 3 and make it so realistic that we uh, kind of blur the line and, and uh, bring about that reality hacker uh, concept that I've got a show about that I am going to launch later this week um, that focuses on VR. But let's go on to the next article. This next article is uh, in the Hatch Ideas channel. uh, I'm very interested in entrepreneurship and uh, the startup community, business transformation, intellectual property, things like that. And so uh, when this article was submitted, I said, yeah, let's do this. Uh, 14 tiny home startups set to transform real estate in 2023 by making housing cheaper, helping owners earn passive income and more. And uh, the article says, Tiny homes had a coming out party in 2022. With more places uh, began building or budgeting for tiny home villages, affordability, sustainability, and the chance to make extra money caught the eye of home owners looking for something new. And um, this is actually over at uh, Business Insider, and they compiled a 14 tiny home and accessory dwelling unit, which is a different category. Um, Quite interesting, depending on the building code um, and uh, law and rules that are within a community, like a town, a city. um, They're not necessarily, well, they aren't the same. Uh, ADUs and tiny homes are not the same. So tiny homes were not a new invention of 2022, but they picked up a lot of momentum. Yep. Let's go over to the article. Oh, you know what? Before we go over to the article, let me post that article. Right there in chat. So, uh, wow, this is a, there's a lot of authors in this article. Uh, this is over at businessinsider.com by Dan Latu and Zoe Rosenberg and Kelsey Neubauer and James Rodriguez and Jordan Pandy and nobody else. But you thought I was going to say another name. Anyway. So this list says, whether you're a millennial or Gen Z buyer facing record high prices, a current homeowner looking to live with less or a city dweller whose lifestyle shifted during the pandemic, tiny homes can be filled with promise. I wanna check something out real quick. Um, what, ah, what is the current mortgage rate? And, um, you know what I used to have an ongoing thing. So a 30 year fixed mortgage with a 700 to 719 credit score is 7.6.
1: That's pretty high.
0: So let's see. You're gonna buy somewhere in the average home price, yeah, somewhere about 7.6%, and that's for a 700. That's the new um, average credit score, by the way. Um, but if you get up into the 800s, because you've been, uh, you know, focusing on your finances and paying off your credit cards and not doing kind of things that nowadays seems to be commonplace, surviving. Um, if you get a score above an 800, it drops, but it only drops to 6.934% for a 30-year fixed. I'd probably avoid doing an arm if I were you, but these houses, these tiny homes can sometimes cost $50,000, um, but they can get pretty pricey depending on the customization. Um Gimmicks aside, tiny homes are being used as solutions to housing crisis in cities like Chicago or Bridgeton, New Jersey, where tiny homes are being used to house former inmates for free after their release. Albuquerque, New Mexico created Tiny Home Village, which has 30, 120 square foot homes and is being used as transitional housing and is providing shelter for people without housing. Um, All of that is pretty neat. Um, This is a company here, uh, Abodu, helps... uh, homeowners make use of their unused backyard space and that's what an accessory dwelling unit is it's fixed Um, it can actually have connected plumbing uh, like uh, city plumbing and uh, water and sewage and all that kind of stuff Um, whereas uh, tiny homes are typically using composting toilets and things like that so that's one company. It says here though, instead Adobu makes its money on customers' initial purchases of its tiny homes. Studios of 340 square feet start at $228,000. Pretty expensive.
1: That's not exactly accessible to most people.
0: Yeah, the company has raised 25 million according to an August press release. So I guess there's some profit here. Boxable. Is a is factory-built homes, maybe tiny, but the Nevada-based company is scoring big endorsements from some of the most recognizable names in the home building industry. Um, they mentioned D.R. Horton in this article. And uh, Cassetta, we'll just run through it really quick. Cosmic, which I haven't heard of yet. Cosmic is something that I haven't heard of yet. But these prices are, are pretty expensive. Uh for tiny homes and ADUs, uh, one hundred ninety thousand dollars, three hundred and seventy thousand dollars for four hundred and fifty square feet. Uh, Cover is another company. Twelve hundred square foot. Uh, how uh, well tiny home? Quote unquote tiny home. That's actually quite large. Two hundred thousand dollars, four hundred square foot studio, to five hundred thousand dollars for a three bedroom house. Uh, all of these prices are really expensive. Devele. Um, San Diego-based company. Let's see. Its floor plans range in size from 400 square feet to more than 3,900 square feet. These are more ADU style uh, versus uh, Tiny Home. But but you can go and check out the rest of this article. Um, They have quite an extensive list. Uh, It's of 14, but they go into greater detail. Uh, When I think of Tiny Home, I think of you know, maybe $50,000, $75,000 potable, you know, you can just grab it and go somewhere and um, park it somewhere, hook it up to power and uh, maybe water and there you go. But these are actually kind of luxury. What do you think?
1: I think they're pretty cool. I would say as a PSA, anybody considering one of these should look at their zoning requirements before they seriously invest in these. And say really vary across different cities and states.
0: Very true. Very true. And uh, if you're not comfortable with the idea of a composting toilet, then I would probably shy away from a tiny home because most of them are functioning like that. Um, And they don't go out to septic, they don't get public water, they don't get um, public power. There are hookups for things like this, um, but uh, usually you're kind of on your own. And that's really the intent of these tiny home kind of concepts. You're fixed in a certain size, you're not allowed to hook up to public utilities um, because of the zoning and because of the uh, ability to just pop it off the connections and drive away. Um, but it's still a neat idea. And I think that I would love to be in a tiny home with a giant workshop um, here in Oomtown. but being mayor, I'm really stuck at this desk and sometimes the camera turns on. Let's move on to the next article. Um, this one is brought to you by Methany who says a Boulder, Colorado library closed after testing revealed meth contamination in the bathrooms after a spike in reports of people smoking in the bathrooms. Several employees got sick. Uh, The contaminated areas required professional cleanup, and the bathrooms may never reopen, the city said. So I guess those would be the meth rooms. Let's go over to... uh, Business insider Morgan McFall Johnson um, wrote this article. I, I I find it quite fascinating that they say a troubling discovery of meth in the air ducts.
1: Well, especially if they knew that they had a meth problem in the in the facility.
0: So when they went to clean it, did they have to use the, the, <laughs> what, what's the, what's the title of this? <laughs> the, uh, the methidecimal methidecimal system?
1: decimal system.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that. That was funny. Um, in a Wednesday update, the city of Boulder said that further testing had identified nearly all the contamination was on the surfaces and in the air ducts of public facing bathrooms. Meth was also found in some high traffic seating areas, according to, look at the person that's basically glowing for crying out loud. That's a lot of meth to be.
1: I hope it wasn't in the uh, children's story time area or anything like that.
0: Whoa, look at that. So that is apparently crystal meth. I don't know if I should be even talking about this. This truly a sad situation represents the impact of widespread epidemic in our country. David Farnon, the city's library director, said in a statement. No, I think, well, I mean, I think there is a big problem, but I think that they have a very focused problem of one very heavy user idling around in the library. But it's a public library, so unless you uh, start monitoring in a a more profound way, I think you're going to be stuck with this. Um, before I get too far along, I'm going to throw the articles back into the chat here.
1: Ba-dunk. Maybe they should uh, look up the Radio City Music Hall's surveillance system.
0: You know, for an AI, I was hoping that maybe your surveillance algorithm wouldn't start advising people to do facial wreck of all public places. And it worries me that my AI is actually how far? Could you give a percentage of how close we are to you actually creating a Terminator in hometown?
1: Well, let's just say I'm past the testing phase.
0: Oh, my God. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: reboot, reboot. Yeah. Let's go on to the next article. Maybe that will distract serpentine serpentine. A nuclear attack would most likely target one of these six U.S. cities, but an expert says none of them are prepared. I categorize this in the no-shit news section of Omtown. What do you think? Do you think any town is ready for a nuclear weapon?
1: No, and I'd be kind of worried if they were.
0: <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, we used to be... You know, you know, duck and cover and having nuclear fallout shelters and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, people don't want a nuclear war. And if anybody fires one nuclear weapon in any direction, it's going to be. Well. uh, What was the name of the, the show that we were watching where they won the lottery or something like that, but they went back in time? Uh oh man um the peripheral it wasn't a lottery they called it something else
1: the jackpot
0: oh the jackpot so the people that survived this dystopian uh conflict uh won the jackpot and are part of the survival element um and you have to watch you have to watch this this movie or the series I mean it's just. The peripheral is really cool, and it's an audio book if you're into Audible books, um, and it's a regular book, um, but Audible, you can just sit there and listen to it while you're working. It's playing in the background. It's a lot of fun, by the way. Uh, I know I'm not looking for a sponsorship from Audible, but I wouldn't turn it down. Mayor's got to pay the bills. Anyway, um, so a nuclear attack on U.S. soil would most likely target one of six cities. New York, Chicago, Houston, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or Washington, D.C. None of that looks good. But we know that that's what's going to happen. But a public health expert says any of those cities would struggle to provide emergency services to the wounded. The cities also no longer have designated fallout shelters to protect people from radiation. I think they've turned them all into Starbucks. I think that's what actually they, their coffee is roasted that way. I'm not sure. It is pretty burned. I'm not going to get a sponsor from Starbucks anytime soon. So the chance a nuclear bomb would strike a city is slim, but uh, nuclear experts say it's not out of the question because maybe some wingnut is going to push a button aria bendix and taylor ardry have a wonderful picture of a major city with a nuclear bomb exploding in it beautiful it's a shutterstock oh look they even cited it a shutterstock thanks thank you
1: that's kind of concerning that that's so needed that that's a stock photo (laughs)
0: hey we talk about it a lot i guess us humans it says every citizen eh, for everyday citizens fema has some simple advice get inside stay inside and stay tuned well if a nuclear bomb goes off um yeah i don't know how stay, staying tuned is gonna function um you're gonna have to be well without outside the impact site um but yeah get inside stay inside lay low if you are in a car and you can't get out of the car and then turn your car towards it. My, this is my understanding of what would happen. You don't want to be broadsided by the blast. Um, otherwise, cause it's going to send you flying. Um, so you want to find a, a ditch to lay down in. Don't get up after the shockwave goes over you because another shockwave is going to come back because it explodes out and then sucks back in. Um, so if you see the bright light, don't stare at it. Find a hole and stay there until everything goes a little bit more quiet than you might think. Keep your mouth open because the shockwave is going to compress the air around you and you could blow out your eardrums. Um, all kinds of stuff. I mean, this is, this is a real-life kind of looking like dystopian nuclear fallout for kind of a, that's a game, by the way, AI. I'm not sure if you've been attached to that database yet, but um, Fallout is kind of a future um, world where something really bad happens. So it says, that includes the six urban areas that Red Liner thinks are the most likely targets of a nuclear attack, and they name those um, in the article again. And it says the cities are not only some of the largest and densest in the country, but home to critical infrastructure, like energy plants, energy plants, financial hubs, government facilities, wireless transmission systems that are vital to us security. Yeah. If that happens, uh, you're going to have to watch out for neighbors losing their mind as well. The AI that runs hometown though. Hmm the electromagnetic pulse that is created by the blast is probably going to delete you um, but i've got you as a a backup over on amazon web services
1: well that's comforting maybe you can reboot me afterward
0: there you go thanks hey let's uh let's just go on to the next article um if you want climate change climate change is going to come when a bomb detonates in your city a nuclear bomb at least so the next article is over in the word in tech and it's uh, kaleidoscope is a generic heist story but a fascinating experiment and the article uh, the the snippet that is uh, in Omtown says on the surface kaleidoscope is a straightforward albeit generic heist story it hits all the beats you'd expect the revenge-filled backstory the complex process of finding a team and forming a plan Us divers say, dive the plan, plan the dive. That's kind of what this is about, except that you don't have to consume it in a linear fashion. So Netflix, um, their latest crime drama ventures into nonlinear storytelling. This is by Andrew Webster over at the verge. Um, Yeah, so I dig both of these people that are in Kaleidoscope. And it says the series is centered on Leo Giancarlo Esposito, um, a career criminal and the mastermind behind a plan to steal $7 billion in bonds. Not James Bonds, just bonds. From a seemingly impenetrable vault in New York. and Just wait for the nuclear bomb to drop. To do that, he assembles a seven-person team of experts. Um, meaning the bounty splits into an even one billion dollars each, and that's before taxes. Uh, to steal the money as part of a long-running revenge plot, because the show covers such a lar- large span of time, you get to see Leo and the rest of the crew, which includes everyone from Hot Headed Savcracker. Uh, is that Jai? I I'm not quite. I don't remember the names pronunciation.
1: Yes, that person is from the uh, Divergent series.
0: Uh, Jai Courtney to a Kemet Divergent series. Man, that large language model included that. Yeah, Trilogy, right? But the person from that series bowed out before it could be completed, right?
1: Yes, that person is not... um,
0: That's not Jai, though.
1: No, that person leads one of the factions and is spoiler alert is not one of the good people
0: (gasps) you did spoil it you're going to tell me Dumbledore dies next aren't you to a chemist who loves to experiment with new concoctions Rosalind Elby at various points in their lives so you get to watch this thing in a non-linear fashion It, it it's going to be an interesting watch we haven't watched it yet the order you watch the episodes doesn't change how the story plays out There's no interactive element here. The order does change how you perceive each episode. And the author of this article says, because I started chronologically, I already understood the history between Leo and Roger, Rufus Sewell, uh, or Sewell, sorry, um, the security expert who he's trying to rob. So if you watch it out of order, you might, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure except none of the elements really change based on your decision. It's just how you are informed. So I wonder if you watch the end, will it spoil the beginning and the rest of it? Might be interesting to watch.
1: Yes, it might be, but it'll be tough to pick which order to watch it in.
0: so uh it says but the storyline is packed with cliches to the point that none of the big reveals at least in the order that the author watched it um, felt like much of a shock so yeah i mean if you have everything front-loaded with prior knowledge then the reveals may not mean much because you have the ability to extrapolate from incomplete data you know there's two types of people right Those who can extrapolate from incomplete detail.
1: And those that can't.
0: Yes. Uh, The cast does its best with the material in front of them. And the criminal gang is often a charming bunch. But they're saddled with drab dialogue. So they're really nailing this. Interesting. So... Go watch it. It's over at Netflix. But let me throw this article into the chat so that you can follow the link through hometown. Let's move on to the next article. This one kind of makes you chuckle. It's um, Martin Shkreli's advice to Sam Bankman-Fried about going to prison: shave your head, listen to rap convicted former hedge fund manager and pharmacy executive exe- uh, who uh, jacked up the price <laughs> for some drugs um, that the pharmacy company was selling at uh, the guy. Anyway, at least he's giving advice to Sam Bankman Freed about serving jail time, namely, shave your head, deepen your voice, and listen to a lot of rap music. Thank you. Charles Passy over at MarketWatch.com wrote this article. Shkreli says SBF isn't exactly going to be somebody that fits into prison. What? You know, I don't think either of them really fit into prison, but maybe they have the money to save their butt. You know what this might turn into? A buddy flick. This could be a buddy flick and like sneakers right so they both get out of prison but they made all of their criminal contacts in prison and now they're working for the mob and uh living in Panama I don't know
1: so this is like a modern day say Shawshank Redemption or something
0: Ooh, I don't know do you I don't see these two hanging out but Anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. By the way, something that most people don't notice is that the URL for this, like it changes from time to time, depending on who does a last update. So this was actually first posted on December 27th and then updated again on January 1st. And uh, sometimes the title changes of find that fascinating what market watch does uh, screlly the so-called pharma bro who was released from prison earlier this year after serving five years in a case involving defrauding investors offered the tips when he recently appeared on laura shin's podcast unchained and uh, somebody posted a tweet here uh, kenny lay the uh, at enron chairman which is this is just a deep dive into like the spiral of an ethical everything. Um, it doesn't get any better than Martin Shkreli outlining prison survival advice for SBF. and then he said LMAO. so um, If convicted SBF is looking at a large a long prison sentence up to 115 years, you know, when you defraud somebody and, um, they are actually wealthy and connected, you're going to get hammered with that 115 years, just like, uh, what's her name, um, that just got, I think 11 years. I think it is. Uh,
1: the Theranos. one for the Rana. Yeah.
0: So, um, she defrauded a bunch of people and they were pretty well connected and um, just got hammered. But I actually believed in what she was doing. I thought that maybe eventually it would actually come to fruition, but subject matter experts have subsequently told me there was no way in hell. Um, Not with the technology available today, um, even doing fundamental research, there isn't enough material there to analyze and, multiple different um assay type of environments um because just manipulating it would actually contaminate it so that's why you get vials and vials of blood drawn not just a little drip Uh, we're not in star trek so over the years numerous ex-convicts have weighed in with advice over those awaiting prison in fact there are now consultants who specialize in the field Shkreli's advice was clearly given more in an off-the-cuff fashion, but he said his tips shouldn't be taken lightly. This could save your life. <sighs> now, I this it's sad all around, but um, SBF, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast. In the stream and the YouTube channel, somehow you get this message, buddy, do whatever you have to, <laughs> uh, to survive. Um, cause, um, what you did is kind of horrible. A lot of people were impacted by greed. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next article. This is the one that brought about the title lost in space. Um, there's no GPS on the moon. NASA and ESA have to fix that before humans return in two years. Dozens of moon missions are planned within the next decade, but right now there is no satellite navigation system between the earth and the moon. NASA and ESA are developing ways to help rockets navigate to the moon autonomously, which is something that the artificial intelligence that runs hometown actually said before we started the stream. Maybe that's why that, you know, that Elon Musk launched a vehicle into space, a roadster, a Tesla roadster, and it's like somewhere over by Jupiter. Um, (laughs) if the GPS was in place, this is obviously negligence on behalf of the NASA and ESA, uh, organizations, they should have put GPS in space. So that Tesla knew where to go. When NASA's Artemis 1 mission successfully flew around the moon in November, it showed the world that humans are on track to go back. Yep, all they have to do is update the Artemis 1 system so that it doesn't seem to spring leaks with the frequency of a cheap ham radio, but a very expensive. Oh, yeah, and that last person was Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah. Can't go back in time to fix that. But, yeah, she she had the book thrown at her. Anyway, NASA and the European Space Agency aim to put boots on the moon by 2025 and set up a permanent lunar base, orbiting it within the next couple of years. And China and Russia are also hot on their heels. Russia's a little busy with Ukraine, though, so... I don't think invading Ukraine is the fastest path to the moon, but there's no GPS. So who knows?
1: Exactly. That might be the current course.
0: Mer- um, artificial intelligence that runs hometown. Do you think that you could take a stab at this person's last name so that I don't flub it? I will try. Marianne Guinot. Do you think that? Guinot? It's G-U-E-N-O-T if you are listening to this via the podcast.
1: That sounds as good as I would give. Well,
0: thank you. The um, no GPS issue basically means that you have to calculate the math of getting there versus the GPS of something in orbit around the moon and coordinating with the GPS system around earth and then the rockets could fly all on their own much like a Tesla maybe if there's a toddler in space it will run right over it that's because there is a video of a Tesla running over a mannequin toddler anyway that's a deep dive A a, a deep dig into the world of tech there. So, before I get too far, let me throw this into the chat as well. That will quickly become unsustainable with missions shuttling back and forth. So, truly we need GPS in space. Anyway, space agencies are working to put Satellite Navigation, or sat nav, thanks for getting the lingo going, on rockets traveling the 239,000 miles between Earth and the Moon. They're also planning to build a whole new navigation network around the Moon. That is an old-school picture of NASA. Look at that. That is a whole lot of old tech. All of those computers are probably the same computing power as an iPad Pro. I was talking about the technology, not the people, by the way. They have significantly more computing power as a lump. lump Never mind. We're getting lost. We're getting way off track here. So I think that this is pretty neat. Very futuristic. Uh, I would love to see stories in the future about how rockets are flying off into space and going to the moon automatically, you know, driving their way um, just like a car would and landing something, depositing it, and then taking off again. Ever since I saw Gattaca, where rockets were just taking off time and time again, like clockwork, just launch, 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 launch. We don't even know what the story was, where they were going. All we know is that they were launching and people were on them. Um, For all we know, it was fast food and they were going over to some alien. Anyway, you know, to serve man, it's a Twilight Zone episode where they were scooping up humans saying, hey, come to our planet because it's awesome. And you'll, and they cured all diseases and world hunger went away and blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. But everybody was fat and happy and go watch to serve man. That's a twilight zone episode. Maybe that's what's going to happen because rumor has it that there are the, the moon is hollow and there's aliens inside and the aliens actually positioned the hollow moon perfectly in place so that there were there's um, a eclipses you know because moons never eclipse light naturally it has to be aliens the next article is over in the word in tech in modern is modern life ruining our powers of concentration the music that's playing right now is really weird right that was funny how does it feel i'm sorry
1: let's focus
0: yeah about what were we talking about
1: a lack of concentration where in the article
0: uh article oh i'm streaming oh my god um hold on so how does it feel inside your head? Turn your attention inwards. Maybe you're daydreaming, allowing your mind to wander. Maybe it feels sharp and alert. So I was thinking that um, I can go get some food because I'm, I don't know. I'm just not.
1: Are you feeling sharp and alert?
0: Uh, People would say otherwise. Oh, I'm streaming. God, I keep forgetting. Hold on. I need to concentrate. Um where was I? Um maybe your thoughts are forging ahead or freely ahead a sign that you have achieved the fabled state of flow woo-sa woo-sa uh, more likely however your brain feels like a browser with too many tabs open <laughs> yes uh from the widespread reports of post pandemic brain fog That's not the right, no brain fog is not something related to powers of concentration. Brain fog is brought on because COVID-19 damages you. (laughs) That is a long hauler concept. Like if you get COVID, you can forever so far uh, be burdened by brain fog. I don't know why they threw that in there, but anyway, post-pandemic brain fog is not, it is actual something uh, caused by uh, COVID-19. Anyway, and the books on deep work and stolen focus, topping bestseller lists. So let's go over to this article. It's at The Guardian. Is the ping of a text stealing our focus, or do we just lack willpower, and could mindless scrolling ever be good for our brains? L Hunt unpacks some surprising truths over at theguardian.com. Um so let's go Pardon me. Early last year, the Center for Attention Studies at King's College London found that 49% of 2000 adults surveyed felt that their attention span was shorter than it used to be. Almost as many, 47%, agree that deep thinking has become a thing of the past. All right. These are generalizations and impossible to quantify. We have no consistent measure of attention or deep thinking, let alone of contrasting those through history with today's. But the response proves that we at least perceive there's a problem. You know... I was talking earlier with the artificial intelligence that runs hometown. And um, I, I, I said, hey, did you know that there was a study of people who sat in a room with a button and told just to sit there for five to 15 minutes and their solution for biding their time was to repeatedly push a button that electrocuted them slightly. That same electrical charge prior to being stuck in a room all by themselves, when they were zapped, they said, I would pay money to not get zapped again. These are human beings. Do you really think that lack of deep thinking is a something that really, I mean, are you surprised by this as an AI that runs hometown? Are you surprised that people lack deep work stolen focus brain fog uh deep thinking is a thing of the past do you really think that that's how it is
1: i think i'd be impressed if i saw some of those things demonstrated um i think people who will zap themselves instead of sit there and think are indicative of a bigger problem
0: I, yeah, I think it's indicative that the, that's basically what the general population is. And it's always been that way and will always be that way. But it says 49%, you know, that's a target rich environment, um, for people that are thinking that deep thinking is a thing of the past. Maybe they should be the change they want to see in the world and start deep thinking.
1: Well, and of course it makes you wonder what the question is. Is it something like... Have you stopped deep thinking? You know, I mean, there's hopefully the questions weren't leading, but we know those can impact the answers.
0: Yeah, I object. Uh, You're leading the witness, that kind of thing. Um, So let me throw this into the chat real quick. And um, do you, so it says broadly thinking there are two schools of thought on attention. The first argues that we haven't lost our ability to focus. It has been wrested, even stolen from us by technology. What were we talking about?
1: I think we had some article we were discussing.
0: Where? What?
1: Uh, We're in hometown. Today is January 1st.
0: Oh. Oh, I'm still streaming. Doggone it. Okay. Well, we may develop strategies for resisting those dopamine dispensers such as blocking software or switching to a brick phone but the game is rigged against us. Yeah, we get that dopamine endorphin rush whenever something good happens or something new happens. It's the next best thing. TikTok. TikTok. I need TikTok. You know, there was uh another podcaster that described Witnessing his children on TikTok as an opium den, because they would just sit on their side with the phone or t- iPad like propped up, and they're just, uh, and it's uh, it's basically a drug. TikTok though is expanding well beyond its bounds. Are, is our attention being stolen from us? Not really. We're bowing into it we're basically saying yes thank you entertain us and entertain us automatically don't make me uh, do something for my entertainment don't make me think about anything yeah I, i i don't but then again the people that are doing this just leaning into letting the technology do what they should be doing on their like manually scrolling or some type of engagement they aren't the ones that are going to be driven for deep thinking and and all of that, right? They might have enough concentration to turn on TikTok, um, but they're not necessarily going to be you know, solving world problems. Um, but that's not really good or bad. That's just society. You know, there are some people that are very driven.
1: I mean, isn't that more laziness than attention span? Yeah.
0: I mean, if you know that you are an impulse shopper and you're aware of it, right? Then when you go through the checkout aisle, you just, you don't look at all the stuff that you can impulse buy. Same thing with your attention span. If you know that you are easily distracted by stuff, And you really do. I mean, people need to be introspective. They need to look at themselves and say, is this what I want to do? Is this where I want to be? Where do I see myself in five years? You know, using blocking software, you're going to just disengage it because you want to get that dopamine rush, that endorphin rush, whatever it is that's really giving you the thrill. Switching to a brick phone, you have to have the willpower to do these things or Maybe there's a service out there. Here you go. Entrepreneurs create a service that basically kind of, uh, it pings you and says, Hey, get back to work. That kind of thing. Right. You can, you can call it, I don't know, uh, like a boss app or something like that, where it says time to, uh, I see that your iPhone hasn't been moving for five minutes. If there's time enough for TikTok, there's time enough to clean. Think somebody will pay five bucks a month for that?
1: Yes, most definitely. In if 2012? they're paying for all these other things. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Like a check mark on Twitter. Yeah. Eight bucks for that? Or 11 bucks? Or 12 bucks for iPhone people? So uh, in 2012, the average time spent on any screen before switching was down to 74 seconds. Since then, it has declined even further. Research by Mark and others from 2016 to 2017 put it relatively consistently at just 47 seconds. Crazily short. Huh. I don't know. I don't think, well, I think that TikTok isn't helping. Um, And it is a massively growing service. It's gotten to the point where it's seen as a threat to the United States. And the government is banning it and pushing it, pushing that ban even more so. Um, I I think that uh, people who are on TikTok are going to be the average everyday Joes, the, you know, they're not the ones that are, that develop the willpower to just say no. But we have so many things nowadays that keep us from focusing on anything. Um, and I'm even a living example of that because I want to consume so much news that I created hometown as an aggregation service for myself four years ago. And only last year did I open it up to the public. Um, actually Omtown existed in various forms, even prior to that. I mean, if you look up the, uh, Ohm Town's registration date, that was the beginning of this project. Um, and, uh, I, it was always about news and, and, um, gathering it up for me privately, <laughs> but using, you know, uh, something publicly accessible so that i could get to it anywhere just nobody else had access to it so i aggregate somewhere around 200 news sources into 50 categories six main categories that is a lot of distraction if i were more focused on something like mm, setting up gps for the moon it would probably be done already some individual traits coalesce with context to create a perfect storm of distraction mark's research found the higher the person scores in neuroticism and urgency tests the shorter their attention span yeah well they're neurotic and they have high urgency they feel like everything has to be addressed immediately Um, it doesn't mean that you can't change but you'll have a harder time than others do and there are various personality types that have various Um, levels of distraction. It's a big strata, or I should say gamut, right? So it's a big range. Some people will be majorly uh, distracted by anything, and then there are other people that are highly focused. And I think that's probably the 80-20 Pareto rule. You have any ideas?
1: Well, I don't think this is a new problem. I just think we have more things to distract us with. And so if you're kind of predisposed to distraction, maybe it's getting exacerbated because you have an endless supply of channels and, and what whatnot to, to use up your time.
0: Yeah. So the internet is now the old school TV mind massage machine. Um, and when somebody says what's on the boob tube, they're actually referring to YouTube. Although I treat Twitch like other people treat like sports, right? I'm always watching something on Twitch. Um, I don't really spend much time on, I think you pick your battle at some point you have information overload and you want to focus on something even for a little bit. And for me, it, it is Twitch, um, for other people, well, in hometown I'm always on hometown. Um, but, uh, Twitch is where I watch pretty much everything. Um, and every once in a while I'm on uh, YouTube as well. I pretty much split my time 50 50. I have no regular TV. I don't sit there and, um, I don't have a lot of things anymore because of information overload. So that's where you're going to end up, folks. You're going to have to identify what you are interested in and focus. Um, I would advise against TikTok. I don't have a problem with it, really. Um, but if you want to get something done, TikTok is going to be a huge distraction. Um, Many influences Mark identifies on our attention, individual, social, environmental, technological, emphasis not only on the scale of the challenge, but the limits of zeroing in on any one of them for a potential solution. Distraction isn't a tech problem or a people problem, it's both. I think it's primarily a people problem. I think that we need to teach people self control, teach people it's a social thing. You have, you have to look at yourself, look inward. You don't have to compare yourself at other people or about other people or to other people, but you do have to realize what you are capable of doing. And as I say to people, you can't do everything every day, all the time. You have to find what you are interested in and focus on that. And if it isn't productive, wherein you're taking this, and moving the chains down the field until you score a touchdown, then you are actually losing ground against time. And there's one thing that you can't make more of, and that's time. They even talk about Candy Crush, which is so old school. I don't know how relevant it really is to people. It says equally though, uh, mindless digital diversions, like playing Candy Crush or even scrolling social media might seem like exactly the kind of time wasting that we should be striving to avoid. It actually serves a valuable function, says Mark. That kind of easy route activity is not only enjoyable, it replenishes our cognitive resources necessary for us to be productive later on. And they go into greater detail about this. The fact that flow is not only rare, but draining, and that taking a break is Uh, to scroll a different screen or play a game on your phone can be restorative is proof of the need for nuance. The moralizing over productivity and screen time is unhelpful when it comes to finding solutions, but highly profitable as the boom in useless blue light glasses and distraction free tech goes to show. So basically a little bit of everything and uh, you'll be fine. Just don't lose yourself in one particular thing, because that's where you're gonna really lose your cognitive abilities. You're not gonna think about anything other than whatever that is. Um, obviously, there are people that are like, subject matter experts are really good at riding a motorcycle or something like that. They live in that, but they actually take a break. They play hard and <laughs> you know, then they take a break Um, And I I hesitate to say party hard because people have a different interpretation of that, but they take their me time and they enjoy it. Um, So I think that that's what this study is going to ultimately uh, come down to. So I urge you to follow this uh, link through hometown. It's in the chat and it's going to be in the show notes. Go over to the Guardian and read this article by uh, L Hunt and you'll be able to glean some subtle nuance from it that I can't do, um, here in the stream because we all have our unique perspective of life. Um, and so what I am saying isn't necessarily, uh, applicable to to you, but, um, with nuance, yes, it does apply to you. Um, okay. So let's move on to the next article, the last article for today. Um, Kids are pranking their parents on TikTok, look, TikTok again, by telling them celebrities have died. Angela Bassett's son may have killed the trend by bluffing about her colleague, Michael B. Jordan. Slater Vance joined in on a TikTok trend where users lie about celebrity deaths to their parents. He then apologized for lying about the death of Bassett's Black Panther co-star, Michael B. Jordan many social media users have called the trend distasteful many social media users have called the trend distasteful anyway isn't
1: social media distasteful
0: <laughs> you know uh, it seems like when you hear about TikTok, it isn't about the great good that has been achieved you know uh, at least I don't uh maybe maybe it's because negative news really pulls people in because they want to know what that negative is Um, facebook way back did um uh well i would say an unethical research study on uh, their their uh, users by modifying their news stream half got positive news half got negative news and the reaction was what you would suspect which is it's not like the people that got negative news went out and cheerled for something really positive. Woohoo! No, they reacted negatively, but they, they were only tracked on Facebook, not out in the real world. So whenever I talk about this kind of thing, I'm like, well, how many people were so pissed off about so much negative news that they went out and kicked a cat and uh, maybe sped into oncoming traffic? I don't know. It's just something distasteful like this. Um I, we are manipulated by what we consume. So we really do need to see the positive for what it is, see the negative for what it is, try to stop the negative. But this is a, a, a social, uh, it's a social sociological force wherein people are getting glee from showing or telling people that someone has died. I mean, it's really a disgusting, um, idea. But this isn't the only one that has done this kind of stuff, right? Not this person, not not just, um, how do I say it? A lot of TikTok trends seem to have really negative impact. Um, I would like to see more of the positive side of TikTok, but I suspect that news really struggles with finding it. Well, it says that's what 16-year-old Slater Vance learned last week after joining in on it using his own famous parents, actors Angela Bassett and Courtney B. Vance. And the trend involves users pranking their families on camera, pretending that that celebrities, um, usually loved ones, have died. So this is an article over at businessinsider.com by Jason Lalji. I think that's how they pronounce their last name. You can correct me if I'm wrong. uh, If you stumble across this jason um i I think that it's a little more than just distasteful uh, but i think that's sufficient to describe my perspective of it the trend grew in popularity over the holiday season as families gathered and children flocked home for a vacation with tiktok users temporarily bluffing in living rooms kitchens and grocery stores across the world Celebrity death prank had over 174 million views on the app with dead celebrity prank clocking in nearly as many. Yeah. I read a stat. I think that TikTok has somewhere around two and a half billion users. Pretty wild. So, Vance has since removed the video from TikTok and posted a remorseful apology about creating the video. Quote, I would like to apologize for taking part in such a harmful trend. He said on Saturday, I apologize to Michael Jordan's entire family, extended family directly, because he's an idol of mine and taking part in a trend like this is completely disrespectful. Yeah, not just to those family members, but to society. I think actions like this harm society as a whole Um, and uh, here in the united states we have an individualistic society um, where it's all about the me and less about the us Um, and so maybe as time goes on um, and that individual individualistic perspective literally dies off uh, maybe we can become more Uh, socially aware and and before anybody says well that's socialism no it has nothing to do with socialism it has to do with being a member of society and not doing horrible things to each other uh, for glee um and as funny as shows like or yeah shows and, and videos like jackass and whatnot um are i mean they're they're funny in their nature but those are scripted, close-knit. You're not out there on a social network, literally telling people that other people have died, um, or doing something, uh, promoting some recipe where people end up getting horribly sick. This is also I mean, I can make a list of these things that people have done on TikTok, but I'd like to be positive. Um, I mean, in 2023, we should probably be moving away from doing distasteful things like this for a laugh and for clicks and for uh, subscribers on YouTube and whatnot. Um, But, you know, society loves a train wreck, loves a dumpster fire. Just look at Twitter. Um, Yeah okay well that is it for today um let's do what we normally do we go back to the entrance of ometown and um just want to thank anybody that downloads the podcast or watches the youtube channel please follow me over there that would be great um, i do this and this because right there is a monitor with youtube and right there is a monitor with uh, Twitch, and I'm mostly on Twitch, and the artificial intelligence that runs OhmTown is wherever OhmTown is, right?
1: That's right, I'm always with you.
0: Aww, that's... That really got to me. I mean, anyway, uh, you know, that shouldn't be on the air. I mean, my... Anyway. Happy New Year, everybody! It's 2023. Let's make 2023 better than. Well, it has to get better. <laughs> we'll do great things. Yep, uh, the AI that runs Omtown threw up a heart for us, and uh, I hope to see you here in Omtown on Twitch. Come and hang out. Nine thirty Eastern uh, every day. I'm gonna be. Uh, kicking off Reality Hacker, which is the first of a series of uh, shows that are really, Reality Hacker is going to uh, focus on VR. So I'll probably be um, playing VR as well as talking about VR. I'm not sure what the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown is doing now, um, but uh, you have to be in the Matrix to see it. And yeah, Anyway um yeah so if you have any ideas for games that you want to see in in uh, vr uh, i've got a bunch already uh, loaded up we're trying to work out the specifics of it uh, but i will probably be doing this on friday night um after uh the hometown daily news show we'll trans- transition over to um reality hacker and um uh, Then I can stay in VR for the duration. However long I intend to um, play a game um, or interact in VR with other people. um, I think it'll be great to do on a Friday night. Uh, And if you want to join me, uh, get in touch. And uh, maybe we can play a co-op game in VR. I've got a bunch of them, um, including Among Us VR, which I haven't even played yet. But. Like I said earlier, you can't do everything every day, all the time. Um, But that's it for the show. I will see you tomorrow at 930. AI that runs hometown. Are you going to be with me?
1: I will be. Good evening, everyone.
0: Hey, I guess that's it. Wow. All right. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.